What's good, everyone? Welcome back to the Straight to Ab podcast. My name is Alex. Thank you for listening in today. We have a fantastic episode just ahead for you. I did want to note that we recorded this last summer, and I am so excited to finally release this to you. Don't forget to stick around to the end of the interview for a song from Atlas's self-titled album, which, of course, you can find links to in the episode description and on the newly refreshed straighttoamp.com. Without further delay, enjoy the episode. And welcome back to Straight to Amp, ladies and gentlemen. This is Alex here, your host, joined by Brian. What's going on, Brian? Nothing. It's really hot outside. Yes, it is very hot outside. We're also joined in the room by DC. What's going on, DC? Oh, not a whole lot. Just looking forward to uh, our guest today. Our guest. Aww. We have a very special guest today. I'm very excited to introduce, but I will let her take the honors. We have Heather from Atlas. Oh, hey, it's me, Heather from Atlas. It's Heather from Atlas. How are you doing today? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. It's so nice to see you guys and we meet are, you all. We are very honored to have you here. This has been a terrific, uh, ter- something that we've been looking forward to for a little while. Oh, that makes me so happy. It was so nice running into you at Folkfest. Yes. We met at Folkfest. We met at Folkfest. I was like, I'm from the podcast. I figured it was about time I put a face to the name, which I'm always trying to get a little better at. Unfortunately, it was about was day three. It was a Friday or Saturday. I thought you were just like a random person running up and being like, hey. Hey. It's actually kind of funny because my girlfriend was volunteering there. I said, did you see Alex this week? And I said, yeah, I did. I saw him once. And he looked like he was on a mission to go talk to somebody. He stopped and talked to a girl. I'm like, oh, that was probably one of the one people we want to interview. So oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was must have been me or some other girl. Don't tell me about that. No. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. De- yes, it was definitely. I would have said hi, but I was like, I was focused. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to do it's an good. introduction here. I appreciate it. I do. So how was your folk fest? Oh, so nice. It was so hot. There's nothing, there's absolutely nothing like just having a weird random guy just storming up to you with the look on his face that like, hey, I really need to talk to you. So (laughs) totally at at Folk Fest, no less, where he could be, you know, under all kinds of influences. You never know, right? Yeah. Although I feel like I would probably feel the safest of anywhere if when that, of that, okay, wow. If that happened anywhere, (laughs) (laughs) that happened anywhere, I feel like I would be the safest at Folk Fest because there's just so many people there. If that happened like on the street at 2 a.m., it might be a different story, but... Yeah, I wouldn't want to talk to me at 2 a.m. either on the street. Folk Fest, (laughs) it was a hot morning. I was sweating and wearing probably something that hadn't been washed in a little while. It was was a good time. Same. It wasn't my best form, but I'm glad you at least you didn't run away screaming, so I appreciate that. Oh, of course not. So uh, at Folk Fest, obviously, there's a whole bunch of really awesome inspirational acts to oh see and, and, and everything. And you spend a lot of time listening to stuff that maybe you hadn't heard before. Was there any any act in particular that like really stood out as like a really inspirational and, 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 and be like uh, something that you really enjoyed? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Lighten us. OK, so I have seen Bahamas before. Um, a couple of times and I enjoyed them and I thought it was good and I saw that they were playing main stage and I was like okay that's something that I want to see and it was just like another level another level of Bahamas like I don't remember what what that guy's name who sings in that band but um, he's so confident and he's not afraid to be cheesy and that was like I that's one thing that I try to embrace in my own music and in my own creativity is like 
not being embarrassed of the things that I like and leaning in to things that like make me feel even if they're not like the coolest sound or the most avant-garde beat or whatever you know like I try to just give my 110% to what I really love and that's what it felt like he was doing and he did it in such a stylish casual confident funny way that it was just so exciting to watch it was so exciting to watch that was my favorite thing I think that I saw at Folkfest that I can say when I've seen you play live, you have a very natural way of just kind of rolling with the crowd and into it. That's something I really always try and do every time I go up on the stage or in front of people is just play a little more naturally and kind of roll with the punches and try and like poke fun of myself. Sometimes I just feel awkward on stage or whenever I'm in a group. So that's just how I decide to act. Oh, hey, I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm standing here now, guys. Yeah. I, I feel really awkward on stage almost all the time, so I'm with you there. I'm just like, what's going to make me seem charming to the audience? <laughs> do you have a, a pre-stage ritual before going on? Like, do you get into a zone before you hit the stage? Um, I do have a ritual. I don't necessarily get into a zone, but I probably do, like, half an hour of stretching right. before. I don't really warm up my voice. Like, I don't sing to warm up, but I'll do some, like, that kind of stuff. And then me and my band always have a shot of uh, a shot of whiskey before we go on stage together. I was gonna say a little warm up with Jameson's always yeah, a little goes Jameson. far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the the backstory of Atlas. Um, where how did it form? You've been around for a few years now. I saw you back first around 2014 at Rainbow Trout, and mm. um, so well. Um, yeah, where did it all begin? Actually, it began quite a lot earlier than that. Um, I started using Atlas as my pseudonym or whatever. Uh, probably, I don't even know, maybe 10 years ago, like a really long time ago. I went to jazz school for a couple of years, then I left and I started doing music again a couple of years after that. And I guess it was like probably, yeah, probably about 10 years ago that I started using using Atlas. And it was just a name that I could have for myself where I could put music online and not feel super exposed. Um, and I wasn't really doing anything. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't in the scene. I didn't know anyone. Like I'd never met any, like I didn't, I wasn't friends with musicians. I was just sitting in my bedroom doing my, doing my thing. Um, and I had a friend who was in film and she was making uh, like a, a sci-fi a sci-fi movie, kind of like a, it was called Space Hotel. <laughs> uh, it was very funny. Um, and she needed a song for the ending, the closing credits, and she asked me to write one. And this guy that she had been, that had been working on the, the soundtrack, I believe, uh, was going to do, was going to produce it. So we went into his studio and he uh, kind of, we kind of got to know each other a little bit. Um, and I listened to some of his music and I, I got super into it and I was like, hey, would you wanna, I, maybe I should put together some kind of music EP, demo, I don't know, sort of recording. Um, and I asked him to help me and we started working together and we worked together for about six months and then we decided to start playing together. And then our first show was Big Fun, I think. It was a pretty good show. <laughs> That's a festival, right? I've heard the name yeah. before, okay. Yeah, we had, we had played, like, there's this showcase that happens. 
um, through Manitoba Music, and there was like the three acts. It was at the Windsor. There were three acts. They always bring in like industry people from around Canada, um, and it started at eight. And I think we were after the showcase, but we ended up going on like at ten, ten o'clock when it was just filling up, and like all the industry people were there, and all the crowd was there, and so we got this super sick opening slot for our first ever show, and that kind of set the ball rolling uh, for No Atlas. pressure, just have everyone come in on the first show. Right, it was terrifying. I was playing a guitar. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a lot of pressure to start out, but I think I definitely tried to rise to the occasion. <laughs> Not always, but. Oh, that's awesome. Um, let's go to the, just before Atlas, or sure. even more at the start of this all. What uh, two things? What inspired you to sing, and what inspired your sound vocally? Well, I started singing with my dad because he, my dad, was a musician or is a musician um, uh, in his spare time, and uh, he always had like l bands playing when I was growing up. When I was little, I would run downstairs. I would be like six years old and run downstairs, be like. I'm trying to sleep. You guys need to stop playing because they're just having band practice in the basement. Um, but we started playing together, and I would sing. We would sing together. And then he had this little recording studio that he set up in his basement, and we started making like a Christmas album for our to give to our family. Uh, and I started writing songs. And then, I guess my parents were like, "Oh, you're." Doing, you like this and you sound pretty good, so we should put you in lessons. So I took singing lessons when I was 11. Nice. So I was doing classical singing up until I graduated from high school. And I really wanted to be, I really wanted to go to Juilliard. Like that was my dream that I would become an opera singer. Uh, and then I checked out how expensive it was. Very. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> like prohibitively. Prohib prohibitively? Okay. Prohibitively expensive. Like having to take out two or three extra mortgages expensive. Right. Like buying several houses almost. Very yeah. expensive. Like Way too expensive. I mean, like obviously if you go there it's it's a very cool experience and you get all the training Probably. you could ever ask for, but at the same time, like, yeah, that's like debt for the rest of your life scary. Yeah, yeah. And you're gonna be a musician after that, so are you ever gonna pay it off? Who knows? <laughs> anyway. I didn't do that. Um I went to jazz school for a couple of years, didn't didn't really didn't really like feel it too much and I left and then I kind of thought I was done with music because it was kind of a bad, it was kind of like a heart crushing <laughs> experience at jazz school. I, didn't, I wouldn't say like the whole experience was bad but I definitely didn't come out of it with like an excitement and a passion for music. So I kind of quit and then I went to theater school. Uh, and when I finished theater school I was like, I feel like I have something to say now. Like I feel like I know myself a lot better. I feel like I, I feel like I'm, I'm a better stu student of human nature, and that's what I really care to talk about. So I wanted to start making music that was a little bit more about, like that was more me, um, and that's when I started kind of figuring out what I wanted. And I listened to a lot of different jazz singers, and I listened to Mariah Carey a lot. Whitney Houston and the Backstreet Boys and Eva Cassidy and Kurt Elling and Eric Clapton and 
Bonnie Raitt and like just everybody that was an amazing storyteller and or an amazing singer and that's what I wanted to emulate so that's kind of where I started developing what I do now cool so this past spring you released uh, your EP Moontown it's called Atlas, but oh, yes. Oh, self-titled Atlas. Yeah, Moontan's definitely one of the songs. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> I wrote down Moontan beside it because I'm like, don't forget, Alex. That's the single. See, see, uh, yeah. Yeah. Way to go. It's okay. <laughs> We're still friends. It's my, first, it's my first time. Pause. <laughs> 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 yeah. Just kidding. We're not going to. <laughs> yeah, why not? So everyone knows just how rough I am around the around the edges. So your recent release, your self-titled album uh, Atlas. Yes. Boom. Yes. Got it. Yes. Um, yes, I did just put out an EP. Uh, that's exciting. That, that was, was in the spring. spring. Yep. Um, we did like a little soft launch in November. We did a show at the planetarium and kind of handed out copies there. Um, and then we put it out officially in June at the beginning or middle of June at some point. How does a show at the planetarium work? I'm wildly interested in oh. that. Honestly, is, is it, it like a full on like laser Floyd show? Is there like planets? Like, do you mm -hmm. get to cool stuff going mm -hmm. on while you play music? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, right? It was sold out. So Where's my you wouldn't have been able to come. Oh, oh we didn't see. know each other, man. Come on. Next time. Next time. Next time. Uh, the Planetarium show was amazing. Um, we just approached, we wanted to do something that was not like the usual EP release, you know, like not like in a bar or in a theater or in a house. You know, we wanted to do some kind of alternative venue and we, we tried a bunch of different ones and none of them, either they were too expensive or they, didn't, they weren't what we thought they would be. And then someone thought the planetarium and we were like, oh, that's like too corporate. Like that's, they're never gonna <laughs> let us come play music in there. Uh, but we had a meeting with them and we were like, this is what we wanna do. And they were like, I think we can do it. Uh, and they're, projectionist put together a whole show for us based on our songs like tailored to our songs so this is every bit as awesome and crazy as i'm picturing yeah, it though it, honestly people was, would people were screaming <laughs> from the audience at, at times it was i couldn't really see the show because we were performing but it was pretty exciting to to hear the audience reaction because it was like exactly what we hoped it would be yeah, that might go down as one of the coolest sounding EP releases I've heard of. It went, it went well. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. So what are the plans um, after that? You have uh, some shows coming up, uh, some festivals this summer. Um, any, do you have a tour lined up or is that still, is that coming out in the fall? Um, we have, we're playing Harvest Sun in August. Pretty excited. Haven't been to that festival, but I've heard really cute things. It's like a nice little family fest. Nice. So I can't wait to go camp. Um, and then we're playing Harvest Sun in, or Harvest Moon, sorry, all the harvests uh, in September. Another awesome camping festival. Love it. I've been there a few times and it's so good. So fun. Um, as Where is Harvest Moon again? Oh, I want to say Clearwater, but 
I think that that sounds water. right. Somewhere around there. I'm really bad with places. You're preaching and to the choir. Names. <laughs> like maybe it's somewhere around. It's maybe around it's somewhere in Manitoba, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I feel like it's in Manitoba somewhere. Yeah, Clearwater. Uh, yeah, and as for other shows, like I'm working on a couple of other things that aren't out yet. Um, Super secret. Just like not fully booked, so I wouldn't want to. <laughs> Uh, and right now we're kind of just like putting together stuff to do later in the year, kind of visuals and some oh, cool. new music kind of, we're working on a little bit of collaborations. Yeah. And, uh, you are playing Rainbow Trout this year too, right? No, we're not. No? No. That video that you saw was from last year. Um. Harvest Sun's actually the same weekend as Rainbow Trout. Oh, so that means you're not going to be hosting the uh, karaoke. Oh, my gosh. You're breaking my heart uh, right now, by the way. Breaking my heart. Oh, I love it. Oh. That was so fun last so year. So if anyone hasn't been to the Rainbow Trout Festival, every Saturday evening there is a small karaoke uh, or, or an open mic, like sorry, open mic, yeah. to around a little pond that the entire campsite crowds around and just listens to everyone rock out it's with their so own songs nice. and there's these this just beautiful magical little scene look up rainbow trout find the videos and you'll just you'll see what you're missing out on i don't think their tickets have sold out yet so a little uh Ooh. shout out to rainbow trout if Ooh, you la haven't la. been you should go i second that i've been like the last five years i think or four years in a row and it's like my first year not going <sighs> so you mentioned collaborations and stuff like that do you so a two-parter, do you find the collaborations like really do help you expand your listener base? And how important is it to have like constant releases in this day and age in terms Ooh. of just content? That's something I thought about quite a lot recently, especially with the releases. Um, I don't think I'm necessarily like at a level where people are going to forget about me if I don't release something in six months just because it's like such a local thing. All like I know a large majority of the people that come to my shows and I've spoken to them like so it's not about I don't think I'll lose like the cultural connection if I'm not putting something out all the time um, but I do think if you're wanting to expand your audience and reach people outside of your little bubble then it maybe is a really good thing to put out singles every few months so that they're, even if they're not listening to your song, they're seeing your name. And then maybe like the third time they see it, they're like, oh, maybe I should check this song out. Um, yeah, I'm kind of like waffling between putting out a bunch of singles and then putting out an album next. So you kind of caught me in like a who knows what's going to happen <laughs> situation. But right now I think we're putting out a couple of singles in the, in the fall, winter that are not on the EP. So... We've chosen a direction, I guess. <laughs> uh, was there another part of that question? Yeah, did like with the do, with collaborations you mentioned that oh, you were yeah. going to do some collaborations. Do you find that that really expands your like listener base any more than than before? Have you have you done any that you've noticed and people been like, oh, well, you did that with X before that sort of thing? No, I've never had anyone come up and be like, oh, I heard this collaboration you did because I've only done like maybe one or two. Um, so I, I don't know if I have an answer for that yet. Maybe ask me next year. Will do. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, this is my first, I would say, the first, this stuff that I'm working on right now. Um, I'm working on, on a couple of songs with Adam Haney. And uh, that would be like the first real, like, beginning to end collaboration that we're both going to see through for myself. Um, so I guess we'll see how it goes. I don't know how it's going to go. We're still in, like, the putting the songs together stages. Cool. Cool. Okay. I remember where I was going with this now. Okay. Um, so you talked about you never really were out in the scene much. Um, you kind of started in the room and then got out into the scene. Yeah. You know, and I find that uh, I talk with a lot of people these days, and uh, a lot of people are faced with that barrier of um, it may be fear, it may be the unknown of getting out and meeting other musicians. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me, like I was always a basement um, jammer. I was always nervous to go and do it, and then until oh, yeah. I finally did it, finally broke the ice and it was like the most fun I ever had and I always ask uh, a lot of musicians or artists or singers uh, words of wisdom to help others who are in that same situation to get out oh my gosh find someone who has a studio yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't don't get out um, I don't know I'm still t I still struggle with that I still I'm like a homebody I'm like a hermit who enjoys seeing people like once a week. Um, so when I started like joining the scene or like finding the scene, I kind of forced myself to go outside my comfort zone and go to shows that I didn't, wouldn't have known about before or wouldn't have gone because I was by myself. Um, and that's like a really terrifying experience. And I don't think that's anything that you can say that's going to make it less terrifying for someone. I think it's, has to be a choice that you make that you your goals are more important than your fears so for me i i also hate talking to people <laughs> Sorry. in a public setting i hate <laughs> i hate it and i get so i always feel like everyone's judging me you know like that's just where that's just who i am i'm like really self-conscious and i don't want people to look at me um <laughs> but I think the best thing is just to like focus on what you really want and especially when you're getting out there like don't worry about don't worry about like making good connections like don't worry about finding the best people like just make friends that have common interests and I cliche don't let others like what are, don't worry about what other people think of you kind of thing yeah yeah and it's like maybe it's for you like for me it's a constant struggle but you have yeah. to keep pushing and like making yourself do the things that you're afraid of I think yeah. can you think of a time like that was your like that was the best show I ever had it was like in a, like an early time where at the end of that set you're like you were nervous to go on but you came off and you just like that was awesome did you ever have one of those moments mm. I'm pretty critical of myself so usually when I come off stage I'm like okay well we messed up here and here hopefully no one noticed and like um they really liked this song. You know, I'm, I'm like pretty analytical. Yeah. Um, I would say after last year's Rainbow Trout show though, that was probably the most elated feeling I've had after a show. Just because like we had a balloon release and we had a confetti cannon and it wasn't like all on me to Were you entertain. This? 
We did it. And then the next day, like, all the volunteers were, like, mad because there was confetti all over the ground, and I had to go Everybody clean it up. the show. <laughs> it was a really, really fun night, and everyone was so into it. The best shows are when the crowd, like, is feeling you, and you're feeling them, and the energy's just going back and forth, and mm. you can, like, move without even thinking about it. Yes. And I, Yeah. I totally agree with you. When you're on stage, you do feel that um elaborate on that feeling oh that my stage God. that's that stage presence like oh. that, that crowd kickback you get it's the best feeling that i've ever felt probably it's just like for me my body's like filled with energy and everything flows like i don't have to think about what i'm gonna do next i just move i just sing everything's easy because i know that they're with me and that people are like feeling what I'm putting out, you know? Like, I don't know if there's anything that I've ever felt that's better than that. Just, like, fills you. It's addicting, to say the least. Yeah. Even after my... The first once or twice I played on stage, scared, shitless. Yes, we can swear on this podcast. Yeah. It's okay. Out of my mind, finished the set, knew there was a couple scripts, but I'm like, I'm going back up there next time. I will do a second set tonight if I have to. It's just addictive. And even if, like, the crowd's not, wasn't even fully feeling it, it's just, I don't know, something about going up there and just really hammering it out and coming back for more that just makes the live experience just so much more. It's true. I mean, yeah, it is really like an ebb and flow, right? When you're up there and you're playing, you are giving all of your energy to the crowd. And then when you're done, and they take it and use it. And when they're done, they just give it all. Like when you're done, they just give it all right back. And it's just a really nice flow, I, yeah. at least for me. I don't know if that's the same with everybody else. but I agree. I agree. I think um, the what's really fun is like making eye contact with someone in the audience yeah. and like totally... Because when you make eye contact with a stranger, it's awkward. But in that moment, it's like this beautiful moment where you're sharing something that maybe you'll never speak. <laughs> but you shared like this energy exchange yeah. that's really special. Definitely, yeah. I was actually listening to an interview of one of my favorite singers. And he's, he's talking about he's singing like a very uh, slow, dramatic song, which does build up. But he's saying it was, it was a, such a dark moment. But he locked eyes with this girl in the front of the stage who was crying mm -hmm. and he was so fixated and he couldn't take his eyes off of her that it almost made him emotional from right. it like he could feel her emotion back oh, that's so cool i love that it's like that would be like the extent of where you could take it i guess like is is feeding off each other's emotions maybe that would be take it that would take it too far where you're getting where you're like eating the emotions so much that you're expressing them again but that's like a deep 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 connection for sure i've definitely had people in the audience make me laugh at inappropriate times yeah. before that's never like helpful but it's helpful at the same time it's hard to describe just like release a little release there it's like tension goes away have you ever had any situations where an audience member or something just kind of was distracting you or kind of maybe i don't know heckling any situations where you just wanted to go you knock it off uh, giving the teacher the finger wag hmm I, well, I did play a New Year's show a couple of years ago um, in like uh, like a third or fourth story in the exchange. 
You guys know the rocker? Yeah. So I played a show in there, and all of a sudden at the back of the room, it was a small, it wasn't in the main rocker room, it was like in the yoga room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden I could see from the back of the crowd like this swaying at the back of the crowd, like massive swaying almost like they were stepping from one side of the room to the other <laughs> altogether, or moshing maybe. I was like, okay, that's fine. And then it turned out it was two guys like having a huge brawl. So we had to stop the show. We were like, get out of here. And it wasn't, there was no security. It wasn't controlled. Oh. Like it was probably, yeah, it was very late and it was all drunk people. <laughs> uh, but it got, we got it under control. We got them out of there. People who were throwing the show got them out of there. But that was probably the, I don't think we did anything. We stopped the show. We stopped playing and like waited for them to leave. But I don't think I have any experiences where I've, where I've seen someone that I was like, you stop or. Or that just triggered your OCD for a moment. Yeah. I, I'm easily distracted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Most of the time when I played, I just couldn't see out into the crowd. I don't know what it was, but it was like I always just got really blinded by the house lights or whatever the heck the, the spotlights. Yeah, like, I just can't. That's the best way to do it though, because then you're not you're not gonna get distracted, and yeah. you can kind of if you sometimes it's not as nice to not be able to see the audience because then you don't know how they're doing. But sometimes it is nice if you've got nerves or. Yeah. yeah. No, I so I was always, I don't know. I don't. I just feel like I wouldn't necessarily get super distracted because I've always whenever I'm playing I'm just like always into really into playing while I'm playing I don't really yeah. just pay attention I just kind of it's the music and nothing else I think if anything distracting happened it happened it would have to be really like it would have to be very obvious <laughs> like someone yeah. would have to come on stage like a brawl for example right like <laughs> a brawl <laughs> yeah exactly so and you didn't see like any 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 of it you just saw like the crowd moving back and forth we saw, because the stage was, I think it was on the floor. So right, I think that's the way it is there. And yeah. Then, yeah, so we were just standing on the floor, and we could see, like, heads. a sea of heads. It was packed. Yeah, just, like, moving, swaying back and forth. So I think maybe at one point the lights got turned on, and maybe we saw some fists flying, but... Oh, haymakers. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I've always been kind of perplexed by people who get into like actual fist fights at concerts there's oh, yeah. do you think you're there to share music and be happy like what are you yeah. like what are you what are you doing there getting into a fight with somebody it's just it's, ridiculous it's not the right vibe for that no no, no. read the room yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what that's for <laughs> see you at the windsor we'll be there <laughs> speaking of the windsor um what kind of favorite what are your favorite venues to play in oh. in Winnipeg that's do you have any that's a very that's a very us question okay wow well I have to give a serious signature answer um I think the room I've played in most is probably the Goodwill I love the Goodwill yeah so good. nice. I really like the stage and the sound set up there and the sound guys there and the staff there and the food and the everybody everything the crowd that goes there it's good um i would have to say my all-time favorite venue to play in is probably the planetarium <laughs> yeah i can't really go back from that at this point like that's the peak now and i have to try and match it or surpass it so 
actually that you just tied into my next question what would be the surpass what would be the ultimate venue that you would love to play it could be uh, anywhere i haven't played the burt yet that would be a good one to play sweet. um but i'm sure this is like every indie band's answer but i would love to play with the symphony actually i haven't heard that yet that, oh no i haven't heard anybody else say that okay well I think it would be, I think it would go yeah. well. It wouldn't be that, yeah, I think it would go, I think we could do it. I concur. But that would be a, I think that's a little, little one, two years in the future maybe. Nice. Who knows? Yeah, folk Fest also, I'd love to play Folk Fest. Oh yeah. I, uh, we've talked about this many times. We talked with some previous guests. Um, it's like we, like, we would like to see a lot more local talent play there even if it means getting like a small little stage off to the side mm. somewhere and it's just like this is all local music this year was pretty good i thought they had i mean at least for the for the bands that i knew i was like okay all my friends are playing oh, that's good. <laughs> uh yeah but i agree i agree i think there's there's always room for more music at folk fest oh yeah especially local music all right Here's another question for you. Okay. If you could, your your inspirations are wide and vast, from Mariah Carey yeah, to Eric Clapton. Totally. If you could pick up one person out of all that group to sing with one song, who would it be? Kurt Elling. And why? Oh my God, he's just <laughs> so good. Like he is so good. He's just so good. And he, uh, I just can't even explain to you how much I love him. I met him once and I think I cried. Like it's that kind of level of like adulation. Um, his, his voice is so smooth. He, have you guys ever heard Kurt, Kurt Elling sing? You have to go listen to like no. a song now cause he is every, he has everything. He can do it all, but he's really good at like the smooth ballady type. He's a jazz singer smooth ballady type songs uh which is obviously in my wheelhouse um yeah that would be it'd be him or eva cassidy but she's dead yeah a little bit a little bit of homework to do um looping back to the uh, the venue type thing uh, every single one of us here have venues that we enjoyed that are no longer functioning oh, yeah. what uh what Winnipeg venue that is no longer in commission would you like to play a show at? Oh, that's a tough one. Hmm. That's really hard. I don't know if I can think off the top of my head what all the Winnipeg... Like, I can remember Low Pub. I've played there. Uh, what else has been closed recently? I mean, the Albert... Right. Those are more like hardcore venues, though, I feel. I have always, I thought the Albert was so, such a cool looking place that if I could have possibly played a show there, I would have, for sure. It was definitely, it had its own aesthetic and its own crowd by the end days when mm. I went there. Yeah. It still was more of a punk and metal scene, but I would have loved to play there before it shut down. It um, was a very gritty and like kind of real place, it seemed like. We also lost Jekyll and Hyde this week, which is, oh, which oh, is hosting really? uh, last week. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, is that a, yeah. Is that a big venue for you guys? Uh, it was host. Uh, 
was uh, the open mic. Yeah, oh. a friend of ours uh, hosted an open mic there. Um, and the Village Idiots helped promote it too. Right. Uh, but they have moved. They moved to Sonics at Confusion Corner. They oh, good. You also used to do comedy stand-up, and I would, yeah. when I was living, I was living on uh, Cord, and I'd go over there on Mondays and do stand-up. And oh, I feel like I've seen you do stand-up. There's a I used to go there's to a chance. I used to go to the more, more of like the women's nights, <laughs> but Fair. I've definitely been to a few yeah. of the few no, ones. No, I, uh, I I used to go there just every single Monday that I had off. I would I would be down there doing stand-up. So okay. yeah. I've never seen you. I didn't know you did stand-up. I didn't know you were funny. I'm not. That's that why. A, that's why I'm not still burn. doing it. That was a burn. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I only ever did Jekyll and Hyde's because it was just close enough, right? And it would just worked with my schedule, and they at least pretended like my stuff was good. So <laughs> they're supportive there. I found. Yeah. They've all moved to Johnny G's now, though, eh? Yeah. yeah. Smaller, more intimate. Further away. Yeah, that's Further true. Away. Same. Yeah. Cozy. So, for anybody who's new getting to Atlas, what's something you want them to know specifically as, a, as like a new listener? Um, I don't know. I think um, I would just, that's a really tough question. What did you think there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what would be something that I want them to know? Um, yeah, just like a little, if you could detail about a certain song or like uh, an influence okay. or, or like anything, sure. anything that they would, that you would want them to know about your stuff. I think one thing that you could maybe get deeper into if you're listening to the songs, like listening to the lyrics and thinking about the lyrics is that if you, like each song is about more than one thing. So on the surface, maybe it sounds like it's a, it's a romantic relationship, or it's like a something, something. I don't know. <laughs> what, what are my songs about? It's like about getting a moon tan. Um, there's like a deeper la layer uh, that's all about self-discovery and self-acceptance um, and self-exploration uh, um, that creates like a through line through all the songs. So if you wanted to listen to that and think about it in a different way, then you could. Cool. Are you a dog person or a cat person? God. I can already tell you're a dog person. Yes. I'll be honest. I like both, okay. but I have a cat. High five. Um, <laughs> I would get a dog. Would be have to be really specific. What kind of dog? Then? Uh, it doesn't. It can't drool too oh. much. Because I really don't like drool. Like, it can have a little drool, but my mom has a dog uh, that just, like, gloops. Like, it just, like, goo. <laughs> like, and he, he walks past you, and there's, like, just, like, this thick goo yeah. on your mm. pants. Yep. I just can't have that. I just can't have that on a regular basis. Okay. But um, I like poodles. I like poodles. And other dogs that don't drool, too. <laughs> <laughs> that answer your question? Yes. <laughs> Hard yes. Good, good. You know what doesn't drool? Cats. Generally. <laughs> I've met a cat who does drool, but he was really, really old. 
That's that's totally legit. Actually, I know one kitten that drools. It just rubs its face against you. Because okay, but also their mouths are so much smaller, so they have less coming out of. The, so it's kind of cuter. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cute. I can I can handle a little bit, but like, like a little bit. I've also had friends' dogs that just leave stains all over the furniture yeah. and your pants. It's like oh. Or if like the dog goes to sniff your crotch and then like leaves like this like big patch <laughs> of something, you're like okay. Now mm-hmm. everyone thinks I did something to myself. <laughs> I don't know. Thirty years of having cats and dogs myself, I have not had a cat or a dog that has drooled. Wow! Oh my God! You're yeah. blessed. You're living a blessed life. Yeah. No. Yeah. Twenty. Twenty-seven years of dogs. None. None that drooled. Nope. No Good breeds, I guess. That's a lie. No, I'm serious. I had a Sheltie and a, and a border collie oh, okay. husky cross. And All no right. Drooling. Well, I believe. I believe you. I want to say. Gross. Gross. <laughs> Swear up, babe. That's fair. <laughs> That's a legitimate reason. Well, before we wrap things up, is there anything else uh, you want to shed some light on with us or talk about? God, I feel like I bared a lot of my soul to you guys. Maybe you didn't notice, but it happened. I, I, I felt it right here. Um, yeah, I just want everyone to know that I love them and I hope they have a great day. You heard it here, folks. You, you heard it here <laughs> first, folks. <laughs> have a great, have a great day. Share some love. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to give a big thank you for coming out. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet you here oh, yeah. and at Folk Fest. So thank you for saying hi and not running away. Um, uh, do you have, uh, plugs social media you want to share i yes please follow me on instagram it's atlas a-t-l-a-a-s music um come to my facebook page and like me there same handle and uh, you can go on any streaming service and listen to the ep just search atlas a-t-l-a-a-s might help if you do search moontan because there's a lot of other spellings and other artists out there (laughs) with a similar (laughs) name so be specific I yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a real conundrum. So, yeah, go do that. Go listen to my stuff. Check it out. Uh, we'll have all of your uh, social media handles and links on the episode description. You can follow us on straighttoamp.com and also follow us on social media because we like it when you do that. You'll ha- we'll have some music up for you in the near future. Other than that, anything from you, Brian? Yeah, all right. Sorry, I did screw up. There is one more very important question. Okay. It's the, hard, it's the hardest question ever. Okay. And we ask it every single time of every single person that comes on this podcast. I ask it of every single person I interview regardless of that. So are you ready for it? I don't know, but yes. Is a hot dog a sandwich and why or why not? Okay, that's such a good question. Thank oh you. Oh, my goodness. Finally. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to ask. I'm, um, is a hot dog a sandwich? Wow, that's like takes a lot of thought. Um, I'm gonna say it is a sandwich only in the way that a submarine is a sandwich, and they are sub sandwiches, so it is a sandwich. Validated. I I can't even argue against that. But I that. also don't think it's a sandwich. But it is a sandwich. But I don't think it is. You know, like I'm against it being a sandwich, but it is a sandwich. I like a, I like some you know a sandwich that I can have a vegetable in, or more than one. Is a pickle not a vegetable? 
pickle in your wait, hold on. Do you just say you have pickles in your hot dogs? That's no. You you're allowed to have onions and relish. Okay, I've never tried that. Have you ever tried have you ever tried peanut butter sriracha hot dogs? No. Oh, your life will change. Peanut butter sriracha hot dogs? But there's peanut butter, it's creamy. So what? It's peanut butter, you put the peanut butter like underneath You put it on the bun, then you put the hot dog in the bun, and then you pour the sriracha on top of the hot dog like ketchup. That's a flavor extreme. You guys don't even know. It's so good. It's so like it's like eating it's like eating like I wanna say like pad thai sort of. It's got like that spiciness and that sweetness from the peanut butter. It's like Oh yeah, yeah. You guys don't even know? I know what you're talking about. More homework. Oh, oh my gosh. That's that's I'm gonna hard name you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was too until I tried it and then I haven't tried it again, but it was really good at the time. <laughs> I'm very particular about what goes on in my dogs. Very particular. That's you like peanut butter, you like hot dogs. I mean your dogs hot? like peanut butter. That's fair. Eh? That's eh? Fair. Eh? <laughs> Bring it a full circle. <laughs> I'll still stand on the firm belief that a sandwich is two slices of bread, a sub is a long, round piece of bread, and a hot right. dog is on a bun. Like, is a pita a sandwich? No. No, it's a wrap. If the if the bread connects on one side, like, mean, like, is that a sandwich? I don't know. I've listened to so many of these answers that I'm almost ready to go full sandwich anarchist and say that a Pop-Tart is a sandwich, so I, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> Maybe a Pop-Tart is a calzone. Or a ravioli. <laughs> Is a pop tart ravioli? It's just breakfast. It's called dessert, it's just, ra- dessert it's just ravioli. Breakfast ravioli. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna hand it back <laughs> off to Alex because I'm. Well, speaking of wraps, I think that's a wrap. Thank you again for coming out, Aww. and uh, we'll see you. Uh, Hopefully Harvest Moon or an upcoming show. Yes. Uh, we'll keep an eye on your Facebook page for something new, cool, new and exciting. Um, Great. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me so much, you guys. Everyone, thanks for listening and have a good one. Peace. Oh.